0: Welcome back to Chapo. It's Thursday, July twentieth, and we got a got a full deck. The gang is all back together. Uh, Matt is back from his vacation. Gang, 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 gang. Ice, Ice cream, cream young. <laughs> Matt's been training to be an NPC. Ice cream, on yum. TikTok. <laughs> gang, you been gang, liking those. Ice cream, young. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I want to I want to begin the show this way uh, by saying uh, to listener to listeners. I would say that we as an institution as a show have been admirably restrained in how we've merchandised many of the hilarious memes associated with this program. You know, like in terms of our merchandise offered. I think I think we've put out some quality stuff. Tasteful. We've we, yeah, we have not we have not just like slammed the accelerator down on just the shameless merchandising of uh, this program and particularly uh, some of the some of the inside jokes and goofs and spoofs and fun that we have on this show, I would like to just use that as a way of uh, contrasting us with the producers of the Sound of Freedom who have uh, come out with a a new piece of merchandise, a new T-shirt featuring (laughs) the catchphrase of the summer, the movie line that will be, go down with you talking to me, and I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. That's right. It's a T-shirt you can buy now that just simply states, never trust a pedophile. Never trust a pedophile. How about this? Never
1: (laughs) go in public with an article of clothing that has the word pedophile on it. Matt, yeah, like,
2: like the you might as well say, like, sell a bumper sticker that's like, "My son molested your honor roll student," <laughs> like that. That is, I we said that is the worst action catchphrase of all time. Not thinking they would ever try to make it one, but no, they did. They really did. I think, and I think people are actually going to buy this shirt.
0: Oh, for sure. I, th-
2: I think you're going to see thousands well, of people wearing the "Never Trust a Pedophile"
0: well, shirt, Felix. I mean, like Matt. Like you. Like I had this when I saw this shit. I was like, "How absolutely cooked does your brain have to be to even consider for a second wearing this T-shirt in public? Even, even if you think like you know, like you're all in on the cause of ending uh, child sex trafficking, and good on you for that. It's a terrible crime. I think we all agree with that. But how fucking banks like how like where is your brain at that you would think that you could wear this t-shirt in public and just by saying it's an anti-pedophile statement does not necessarily make the people in the supermarket at ease and also the statement itself was this a problem for you in the past yeah you you know i've just i've
1: i've done so many mlm schemes with my neighborhood pedophiles and but like what's what's crazy is this is not the only shirt that you could buy that has pedophile on it there's this uh, epic t-shirt company called uh, assholes live forever which that's a sentiment that i would love to walk around ki- wearing that i'm a piece of shit who will be there forever uh but there's one of their shirts says kill your local pedophile and again <sighs> pedophile on clothing yeah. in public a hostile act
0: and it's like you know like uh, like if you're wearing a t-shirt with a message on it or even just like a couple of words a, a declarative statement like that, not everyone is going to be close enough to you to read the whole statement. most <laughs> people will just catch a glance and gl- gl- yeah. will just catch a glance at you walking down the shirt with a street that says a shirt that says pedophile on it.
1: It was and like all you- those ironic uh, the ironic uh, Mega, Mega hats. hats. Yeah, 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 something else. It's like all people <laughs>
0: yeah. are seeing is the red and the and the yellow and great and your... again. Yeah. yeah, I'm just getting the, the the sniff of that. But Felix, to your point, I was just like, how insane do you have to be to like wh- buy this T-shirt and wear it anywhere other than your house? But here's the thing: I think making people uncomfortable in public is what these is, is the what you get for the purchase of this shirt because I think that's what these guys and hey, a lot of gals do. A lot of these moms for Limity, It's not just men. I think making people uncomfortable in public is exactly the point of this shirt. And the advertising copy on this is so great. Introducing our bold and thought provoking tea, a statement piece that sparks conversation and raises awareness. The never trust a pedophile t-shirt sends a powerful message aiming to condemn and shed light on a heinous crime that affects countless lives.
2: It certainly provokes conversation. <laughs> I, you, you cannot deny that, that, yeah, it, it's thought provoking as well. Um It does all those things when you when you walk into a public setting with the, <laughs> that shirt, and people are provoked with the thought: "Is he saying that he's like a, a trickster god pedophile, like a child fucker Loki type
0: that you can never trust?" Also, it. I mean, I, I suppose if you can like look at like who's our last few presidents have been, I, I guess you could say this country does have a problem trusting pedophiles in general. Mm-hmm. But like, is is this a statement that really needs to be uh, broadcast? I, I don't know. We're like, are people having a problem with this? I I, I don't know. But like, it just it, it it I don't know. It it gave me some merchandising ideas for this show. Like, what what are like the worst, most offensive jokes that we've done on this show that we can put on a t shirt and None. sell to people?
1: Yeah. None. We, we only say
0: good things. Only
1: wholesome, nutritious Only wholesome thoughts. content. That's what we pro- provide for the people.
0: Well, um, you know, and, and, and listener, it, like if you happen to see anyone in public wearing this Never Trust a Pedophile T-shirt, I mean, after you remove yourself from like at least 30 yards from their presence uh, or like, you know, see if they're armed or anything, please snap a photo and <laughs> send it to our attention. The th- w- w- the- wouldn't the
1: presumption be... Always, the unspoken presumption be that a pedophile would by definition, be untrustworthy. Yeah, like having to put it on a shirt implies some really messed up context, relationships, personal history. Because it's one of those things that should not have to be on a shirt.
2: Yeah, it it, it suggests like, it, it suggests you were tricked into doing something worse than painting a fence. <laughs> You were told something definitively worse was actually very fun.
0: <laughs> it's like wearing a T-shirt that says, like, make murder illegal or, you know, like the Holocaust was bad. You know, it's just is this really a conversation that needs to be started? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe we've maybe we've devolved to that point. But uh, yeah, best the more of- years th- I, I just take it, I, it's helpful. I see someone
1: in that shirt. Avoid them. That's very helpful because like the more. You are personally fixated on pedophiles as a concept, as a group that you have to organize against and and like get mad at performatively and publicly. The more I know that you are just fundamentally unbalanced, that the modern world has broken you, and that you are looking for some sort of cosmic conflict that you can like uh, extinguish yourself in,
0: and I will have no part of it. Good day, sir. I mean, and uh, you can see evidence of that. It, you know, like take it for what it's worth, but. On Twitter, like the people um, defending this T-shirt and and this movie, like the the anti-pedophile brigade on Twitter, I would say probably half of them. If you click over to their timeline, it is just a nonstop deluge of animated child pornography. Which they, they have, like, fine, there's absolutely no, like, connection in their head. And, like, this is not just, like, if you look at their likes tab. This is their retweets. This is what they're sharing publicly with the world is their interest in the highly sexualized depictions of young girls. And so, you know what? Someone else pointed this out the other day. I know we talked about this movie a lot. But Mira Sorvino being included in that movie for four seconds and then, like, basically <laughs> shot around because she's a 55 year old woman is also a bit sus. If I might say it is wild to get Mira Sorvino Oscar winner
1: and mighty fucking shoot her through a camera obscura for three (laughs) scenes.
2: (laughs) Mira Sorvino being in it is like, it's the only thing that's made me think that like all the QAnon stuff about celebrities being in Gitmo is true because like how, how else would they have gotten her?
0: (laughs) <laughs> Mira Sorvino was let out of Gitmo to do this do to, to do one day's yeah, work on this movie. It's like it's like
2: a work release program and then like in the um in the True Patriot secret elections that happened on Facebook, she's because she was let out on furlough to do this movie and she actually sacrificed like 20 kids while out on furlough, she's going to be <laughs> like the Willie Horton ad against <laughs> Trump <laughs> in the Patriot selection.
0: <laughs> yeah no it's like yeah it's, it's, if you see a celeb in a based movie it's because they were furloughed to do it and like you know or, or their clone yeah. was i don't know yeah they, they um, gave them the the uh, like a
1: neck tracker if they get too far from the uh, the set it explodes their heads come off like that rutger howard movie
0: okay uh moving on from the uh Sorry, the the catchphrase of the summer and the uh, the movie. <laughs> Never trust the <a> pedophile. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> Here comes the judge. Where's the beef? Never trust the pedophile. Um, I, I, Matt, I, I know, I know you saw this, but um, uh, General Mike Flynn uh, lending his <laughs> emotional support to our friend Cat Turd during his dark <sighs> night of the soul. Cat Turd at Cat Turd too. Just when you feel you've reached your threshold of pain. The humor and the stories you tell allow those of us who follow you to hold on for one more moment. Thanks for all you do for others. And please keep the faith. America needs you more than you can imagine. It cannot be stressed that
1: probably hundreds of human beings have been killed and tortured on the direct orders of this man. <laughs> he had the life and death in his hands for, for years. That's that's the that's the fucking Barnum and Bailey ass Empire that we're we're embodying here at the end of the human experiment.
2: Michael Flynn's specific job, like when he was in the military, which seems like a century ago,
1: <laughs> was to like,
2: it was literally like to take uh, like metadata and devices and sort of um, draw connections between people and sort of like use associations and uh, data points to show like who is and isn't in a terrorist network and think about all the people that were designated terrorists and vaporized by the guy who said, who, who talked to cat turd, like, I don't know, like it's someone talking to Johnny cash at the end of walk the line.
1: (laughs) This is like the pedophile thing. Cat
2: turd, cat turd made a great thread for people who don't know where he was like,
1: there was one giant post in the new, in the new Twitter where you could post 10,000 words or whatever.
2: Right. Oh, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I forgot. Um, threads were obnoxious enough, but like the mega post is I it's only ev- I've only ever seen things like this. It's only been like this Lauren Southern's hilarious divorce and uh, the few David Sachs long posts where he's like. Um,
0: oh and the, and the desantis creep we talked about a few like a week or two. oh ago. yeah yeah
2: yeah but it's all it's all stuff like that like stuff that no one should see much less in a singular you know epic poem size thing but cat Turd's epic poem was like um you know sometimes i feel like a loser i and he he then describes a life where he's like um I know we use this comparison a lot, but he does sound like the drifter that visited Don Draper when he was a child. <laughs> like that's sort of what his life sounded like.
0: I had a happy childhood until I realized my father was a dishonest man. Yeah. <laughs> to the he, hobo hieroglyph outside our mailbox.
2: Well, he was the hobo. He like, uh, he describes a life where he's like, um, you know, I wasn't always a, a guy who sold uh, screen printed beanies. I, I used to wander around, uh, you know, making bullshit white soul music and uh, drinking Mad Dog. And uh, I used to be a loser until I was 40. And then I got my shit together. Then
0: I started but, posting. Yeah. Well, he and said then, he started the- posting because he had arthritis, which prevented him from playing in uh, his uh, yeah white band's blues group, uh, Blues Hammer. He was in the band <laughs> from Ghost World. <laughs> <laughs>
2: His band is called, like, the Fuzzy Grapes or something, right?
1: Yeah. God. (laughs) It is like the pedophile thing, though, with Pat Kurt. It's like, you see a a person in public with the word pedophile on their shirt. You know this is not a person to engage with. You see a person in a public forum calling themselves Cat Turd. (laughs) (laughs) Cat Turd 2, even. (laughs) Like, there was a Cat Turd that was taken, and he did not let that stop him from insisting on being Cat Turd 2. And you have this guy who is, yeah, life and death. And is is probably going to be like defense secretary if Trump gets another term uh, is like, yes, thank you for all that you do, Cat Turd. And, yeah, I know, like, you know, medieval witches got burned alive by quacks and maniacs, of course. But at least those guys, you know, they had the discipline to go into a forest and jack off onto a manure pile to create a homunculus for four years in a row or no, whatever. Those guys could speak Latin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this, Greek. Is just, yeah. <laughs> this is a fat Floridian. <laughs> Sitting in his hovel with the I guarantee you with the goddamn uh, smoke detector uh, beeping and just posting. <laughs> and he's and this and this this is the this is the this is the inspiration for a man who would have taken a giant
0: butterfly net and kidnapped uh, uh, G- Gulon out of uh, his compound in Pennsylvania. Uh. Well, uh, I mean, like I mean, Cat Turin must be feeling a little bit better. I know Elon's dissing him, but, you know, if you got when you got a heavy hitter like General Flynn just, you know, backing you up you know, sending some love in a dark time that must feel good. I, uh, I, I, I
2: kind of like cat her. Tur- like I end up liking a lot of these guys. Like, you know, you watch them long enough. They grow on you. you. They all have like Bill Mitchell, most of them. Right. Oh yeah.
1: Bill Mitchell. Very, very endearing. Especially now that he's like, <laughs> he's like on the, on the bow of the SS DeSantis as it sinks into the waves. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah, I feel awful for him. He is being tortured by Groypers every day of his life. <laughs> he is. It's so sad. He's like, like every new poll shows that DeSantis is like in a photo finish with Vivek. And yeah. he's like, he's like, just just wait until he picks his VP. And is his all. It's like 50 hidden replies of Groypers, like telling him that they're going to gas him. But um, I like Cat Turd because it sort of reminds me of Pootie Tang, like how in the movie Puditang, Tang, how like Pootie Tang is just saying nonsense, but just everyone loves him and they understand him and they think every song he does is like the most beautiful fucking
0: thing they've ever heard and everything he says is so profound. Pootie Tang, you've had incredible success and you've had it in a variety of fields, music, films, martial arts, pottery. How do you do it?
1: What makes you tick? Uh, well, Bob, I'm a pawn Tony. Got my dillies on a pepper tank
2: i hear that now Pooty catherine isn't quite like that because we do understand him but what he says is just it's so boring it's so yeah. like he's not giving yeah. them anything he's just like every post is just like you know joe biden joe biden's old and gay and people are like
1: Whoa! oh my god he does have one value add though and it is that he is the most shit obsessed as you could guess from the name yeah poster of all time like every third tweet is i would rather lick a latrine clean than go with the ocasio Cortex's uh quinceañera yeah i would rather i would rather just chug an entire uh, uh uh water cooler full of diarrhea than watch uh brandon state the union it's like dude why why are these thoughts coming so frequently <laughs> and unbiddenly into your mind
2: yeah i guess that is his trademark like most of it is just stuff you could see anywhere, anywhere else. But he, he will, he will get more scatological more often than others. But people just like, I mean, they think he is irreplaceable. Like if if Turd started Patreon, he would be number one. I'm convinced.
1: I mean, people buy shirts or, and and hats with his the, the little logo that he has, and, and I mean, wear like, them
0: out and about.
2: Yeah, th- it's a it's a great way to find pictures hilarious pictures <laughs> yeah. of 60 <60-year-olds>. yeah. Some
0: <laughs> of the coolest people in america well felix like to your point about like the slightly the, the slightly endearing nature of cat turd and the turd heads like when i when i see the people rocking the gear i mean like it's so funny to me but it seems like these people it seems like they enjoy life a lot more than like serious conservatives do you know, like kind of like like national greatness conservatives or DeSantis weirdos. They just seem like uh, it seems like they're just they're, they're having fun. They're doing their memes. Um, I mean, of course, like, yeah, they're all stupid and bigoted. But, uh, you know, like it seems like they're enjoying their their shit, their cat shit. Well, that's what's interesting, though, is that, yes, that the Kettered fans seem to be just having a great time.
1: You know, they go down to the bar on Saturday. They watch the, the Tom Petty cover band. And they, they get hammered. But the their guy, Turt, seems yeah like he is Christ crucified every day. <laughs> like he is, he is Prometheus chained to the rock, getting his liver pulled out. He is misery <laughs> incarnate. And maybe there's some relationship there. Like the more m- obviously miserable Turt is, the more his fans are able to appreciate their own lives.
0: He's sort of like a, a sin eater. Yeah, it would be like it'd be like a Prometheus chained to a boulder. Except right next to him are like uh, six other shitheads who stole fire from the gods. And the gods are like giving them residuals checks for the shit they stole. And they're like, bye, Prometheus. Man, that, that vulture eating out my liver sure sucked. But hey, I'm actually getting money for this liver that was taken out of me. See ya. And then he's like, What? Ah! <laughs> I've wasted my fucking life. So what was I? I
2: couldn't like I, I couldn't make it to the end of Cat Turd's mega post what was he sad about like in the current day? Like, why is he so beaten down like
1: now?
0: Well, he's shadow banned. He's just, he's worked so oh, hard on his account course. and it's just like, it's, he's still plateaued and it's just, he's like, and, he,
1: and he's not getting the money. He's not getting the payout from, from Musk.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, I, the, 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 shadow ban thing is funny because it just like everyone expects that they're, they're supposed to, their account is supposed to grow geometrically like forever. I don't yeah. know how that's, that's everyone's to work. assumption is that, yeah, like, like
1: the line goes up forever.
2: <laughs> like if you stay online long enough, if you stay on line five Everyone years, will follow you. <laughs> you'll have more followers than the population of the planet. You'll have 17 <laughs> trillion followers. <laughs> but he did. Yeah, I do kind of think he caught a raw deal, not getting the monetization. Like he got shibbed in favor of the Krasensteins because he is he's an impartial voice. Um. All, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: he's like not afraid he w- to
2: criticize Elon Musk. He would say the same like made up, fake things were happening to him under Musk as they were like under Jack. You know, like he was saying, "I'm still shadow banned because I'm not getting a hundred thousand new followers every month."
0: I mean, like I don't know. I mean, it looks like with his, with his merchandise, it just seems like he has a money machine. You know, like fucking enjoy it. Sp- throw, throw, spend some of that money. Money's for spending. I think yep, at it, this point it, in his life, moving is just painful, so he doesn't do it. Okay.
2: It's also like, I mean, it's never enough, right? Like, yeah. Cat Turd could be making thousands of dollars of merchandise. I honestly don't know. But even if you are, but then you see, like, you know, End Wokeness made $20,000 just doing no extra work, you want that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. It's like he is a rabid champion for a economic system worldview and value system that makes him punishingly miserable every day of his life
2: oh my god oh oh my god okay um it's not just t-shirts signing all copies of my sci-fi novel rabbit skin around 30,000 books sold now not using amazon here's the plot two child prodigies travel to another planet and fight for the survival of the
1: universe it's just fucking enders game
2: yeah see he wrote a more conservative Enders game. But he sold 30,000, over 30,000 copies. That's not bad.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. A word of mouth hit. All right. Well, uh, moving on from Cat Turd, I really want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) moving on from the pressing Cat Turd issues of this week. I'd like to talk about probably my favorite thing that has happened in Congress um, since January 6th. And that is Marjorie Taylor Greene displaying a giant blown up <laughs> photograph of Hunter Biden getting his dick sucked to the entire House of Representatives. Like on a fucking, like, you know, like uh, the on, like, big easel. Up, on the, big, the big easel, like Katie Porter style. She was like, I want to direct everyone's attention to this, y'all. And it's just, it's just Hunter getting domed off. Like it's just, <laughs> just life size, like cardboard standout, like movie standouts of Hunter Biden getting his shit sucked. These people genuinely believe that but
1: there is a number. I would love to ask all of them to give me their what they think the number is. There is a number of American citizens who, if exposed to Hunter they believe if x number of American citizens see Hunter Biden's penis, the government will fall. They believe that. they have to. That's the only way to explain their behavior
2: I, I love it because yeah, it is it's very much like Lawrence Leesig type thinking. It's like. Oh, if only people knew like how much money was in politics, people would rise up and <laughs> yeah, vote them yeah, out. Yeah. If only people if only people saw every dimension of Hunter Biden's cock, we'd find
0: we'd finally vote Biden out. Um, I mean, she didn't just display it to Congress. Um, she included the image in an email blast to her entire email list. <laughs> Which, I'm thinking, like, what are the chances that there's anyone on that email list under the age of 18? I mean, like, that would be literally showing pornography to children. But, like, the weird thing about this is that in her comments, like, you know, just like, you know, like, the Warren Commission, like, now, if you notice here, the, the, the angle of his tumescent member is slightly back and to the left. We've got a, we got a magic, magic jism here. Uh, no, but, like, in her comments about it, she kept saying that Hunter Biden is producing pornography. I mean, she kept talking about how he's like he's he's making pornography, and I guess like in a in a very literal sense, that's true. But like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just fascinated in the way the way in which the word you just pornography. Only fans. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this was uh, pr- pr- presumably for you know private consumption. Um, um, th- but, like, it, it, there's, there's been a mission creep with the word pornography, like, especially with all this Moms for Liberty stuff, where it's just, like, the number of things that are now included under the, like, uh, now categorized as pornography are, like, basically any artistic depiction of sex at all, like, whether it's explicit or not. And now it's just, like, v- v- images from Hunter Biden's laptop. But, like, yeah, they, it's, like, it's like, like Hunter Biden wanted to, like, expose America to his pornographic videos.
1: Well I think that they say that in this case uh, specifically because it they feel like it justifies showing it to everyone because you know the the argument is, hey, you know this is you're the pornographer. you are showing people nudity and sex acts. And they say, well, no, he filmed it. so he already did that i'm I'm essentially a news organization. I'm just transmitting the fact that the <laughs> president's son is a pornographer.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, like, yeah, they're a journalist in the same sense that Al Goldstein was, you know, right. he, put out yeah. a, he put out a newspaper. Yeah. He should start an OnlyFans, though.
1: He would He would crush it on there. He'd make so much fucking money.
0: It, it, would, pay, be those, it, it would be one of
2: those It would be one of those OnlyFans, like the bandman Kevin OnlyFans, though, where it's like you go on expecting to see him like fuck he, fucking girls or something, but it just... He's just like doing paintings. <laughs> He's just like conning people into like you know watching his art.
0: like you know yeah, occasionally he'll he'll put his erect, uh, erect cock on there, but you know it's mostly just you know just a bit of, a bit of cheesecake, a bit of fluff.
2: yeah, it would be it would be all like original paintings and songs. like you you would be highly like's <laughs> like a uh, like, like, new video is about to drop up.
0: for subscribers, and it's just him on an acoustic guitar being like, there's this something I've been working on. I want to share it with y'all. <laughs> yeah. Like Rachel Dolezal's yeah. only fans, very artistic. I mean, Hunter Biden, we like we want hardcore Hunter Biden erotica. We do not want wom- women-friendly sort of like uh-uh. uh, softcore, no, no softcore bullshit.
1: <laughs> Hunter
0: Biden lesbian porn. We, we want Hunter Biden on the bang bus. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, um, headline. Israel struggling to recover ancient artifacts Trump took to Mar-a-Lago. He's back at it, folks, uh, pilfering antiquities from America's strongest, oldest, and best ally. Uh, Writing here in Rolling Stone, it says Israel lent several antiquities to the White House in 2019, including ancient clay lamps for a White House Hanukkah event. Unfortunately, Donald Trump was president at the time, which means the artifacts are now at Mar a Lago, and Israel can't figure out how to get them back, Heretz reported on Tuesday. The artifacts were only supposed to be in Washington, D.C. for a few weeks. Israel Haisen, the director of the Israel Antiquities Authority, told Haretz that because they are so valuable, he wanted someone to pick them up instead of having them shipped overseas. The pandemic derailed these plans, and the artifacts remained in the White House. Israeli authorities learned several months ago that they wound up at Mar-a-Lago. Folks, they said said I shouldn't open the Ark of the Covenant. Should I do it? Should I open the Ark of the Covenant? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I mean, like... Well what are the like okay
2: knowing what we know about so-called Israeli antiqu- antiquities um I remember there was a big thing about Netanyahu how he was trying to prove that his family is indigenous to Israel Yes He had some yes. like fake he had some like fake coin like uh, the type where you put a penny in one of those museum machines where you crank the handle and Yeah yeah out, <laughs> where he he was like look it says Netanyahu in ancient in ancient Hebrew and it's like that name like never existed outside of Hungary or Philadelphia until like his family came to Israel. But like th- there is pretty much no chance that these are both like, you know, ancient Israeli in origin or authentic. Like they're either they're either like stolen like Arab artifacts or it's like. Another fake piece of shit. Like it's a it's a coin star machine that they say is seven thousand years old.
1: <laughs> but uh, remember that remember that guy who uh, who presented those uh, Thando's gems. Oh, at it, yeah it, Oh my god, that, Yeah, that's probably what well, they're talking about. That guy, one of the
2: CPAC, one of the C-Pack, like opening act bombs. Yeah, like, one of the, one one of the guys it. who would have uh, got taken out by the Sandman. <laughs> Yeah, but
1: like those, those stones are probably like in a change jar in Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like, okay, uh, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Felix, that um, like, like all the entire Israeli antiquities business, it's either not Israeli or pilfered from, or like certainly simply not old enough to be considered an antiquity. But here's the thing. What are the chances, though? I mean, like Ark of the Covenant, maybe. But what are the chances, though, that in some of these artifacts, they are legit and Trump in, at Mar-a-Lago now has the ability to conjure a Dybbuk should he observe certain <laughs> uh, certain artifacts and relics? Can he conjure a Dybbuk?
2: If he conjured a Dybbuk, it would be kind of like the movie Candyman, where it's like there are these awful, like terrifying, gruesome murders, but just of like the 78th most important person in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even the Bidens, just like, yeah, Nellie and Bruce Orr, just people people he hates that no one even Probably remembers. Probably
0: Jack Smith would be at the top of the Dybbuk hit list right now for Donald Trump. Yeah. The Prague Golem shows up at Gramercy Tavern like fucking
1: Frankenstein. <laughs> uh,
0: but, I mean, like, I, I, you know, it's just one of these things where, like, you have to give it up for, for demand. You have to give it up for. Oh, Trump, yeah. Just right? like obviously, know, like, like- absolutely. Like- <laughs> Just, and then like once again whether it is and look we've talked about this before on the show I don't take seriously any of this national security documents at the golf course it's funny to me but it's even funnier that it, the potentially that he's doing the same fucking dog and pony show to like dentists and golfers but with like I don't know the original 10 commandments or something <laughs> mm-hmm. Marian,
1: don't look at it shut your eyes Marian. don't look at it no matter what happens
0: All right. Well, uh, I would like to spend uh, the second act of the show. Um, I've been uh, sitting on this, uh, this piece. I've been sitting on this piece until we had the, uh, the full gang assembled because it's, 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 it's an extraordinary piece. I loved it. Um, and it's basically it's the story of a business owner, a business owner from the Bronx, from the, from the borough of De Bronx, a New York City guy who had a, a simple, humble dream to sell pancakes in upstate New York, to expand his pancake franchise to upstate New York. And the article is about now the now decade long, decade long fight that he has been subjected to by the worst of all people historical reenactors. Oh, no. This is from Curbed, The Battle of Fishkill. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to dive into this here. It says, Dominic Broccoli, the <laughs> IHop... <laughs> Dominic Broccoli, the IHOP kingpin of the Bronx, lives a good life. He drives a nice car, spends time with his six grandkids, and golfs often enough to have a tan for most of the year. He owns a four-bedroom home in Pelham Manor a house upstate, and IHOPs throughout the borough where he grew up, each of them which runs smoothly enough to give Broccoli the time and resources to devote himself at the age of 66 to the animating force in his life, destroying his enemies. (laughs) This mission came as a surprise to Broccoli, who had little reason to expect that trying to expand his pancake empire into upstate New York and build his grandest IHOP yet would lead to such conflict, but sometimes that's what happens when you find a dead body. On Memorial Day, Brockley drove to his property in Fishkill, where a crowd was gathering to protest his planned development. These were the Friends of the Fishkill Supply Depot, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving the town's Revolutionary War history and, in Broccoli's view, to making his life hell. For more than a decade, the Friends have argued, based on some evidence, but not as much as they would like, that there are more Revolutionary War soldiers buried on Brockley's land than anywhere in the United States. Broccoli argues that this is rubbish and accuses his foes, with some evidence, but not as much as he would like, of going so far as to plant human remains on his lot in their effort to make it seem more grave-stuffed than it actually is. So, uh, the the grandest IHOP in New York State is currently on hold because of some Revolutionary War-era skeletons, but it it gets better here. Uh, Broccoli told me that... uh, so they talk about like shows up. It is like there so are are Revolutionary War reenactors picketing, <laughs> <laughs> the picketing hat. his property. Oh my god,
1: those guys! You give them any excuse to show up in the tri-corner fucking
0: hat, and they are there. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like the the protesters marched up and down the edge of the property, careful not to trespass lest broccoli call the police. While honks came in passing came in from passing cars. Broccoli had told me that he had planned to crash the protest with guns ablazing, but ult- ultimately thought the better of it. If I go there and then my Bronx comes out, it's not going to go well, he said. His Bronx had come out plenty in the campaign to build the IHOP as part of a colonial-themed strip mall he was calling Continental Commons. The friends of the Fishkill Supply Depot are a group of history buffs and retiree volunteers. And yet Broccoli claimed he had found it necessary to spend more than a million dollars battling them with archaeologists, lawyers, and a private investigators he hired as spies to infiltrate the friends. As it happened, one of his spies was at the Memorial Day protest holding up a Stop Continental Commons sign while surreptitiously recording the group in case anything might help the RICO case Broccoli was building.
1: <laughs> this guy had been around before the revolution he would have rolled up that entire tea party conspiracy yeah absolutely. Would, have, would have showed up at one of the sons of liberty meetings with a, with <laughs> a big with a with a fucking
0: daguerreotype machine <laughs> you don't want me to let my dutch out <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh going on here it says um Broccoli insists that he's not anti-history. I love that. I would love love, love to see people who are anti-history. I I thought it gets the concept
1: that events occurred, okay? I am not one of those who believes
0: that there is only the present and that all history is a myth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it says, uh, Broccoli insists that he is not anti-history. He doesn't dispute the fact that people are buried on his land or that the area is steeped in Revolutionary War significance. His vision for the IHOP involves, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry our, uh, His vision for the IHOP involves a waitstaff and tricorn hats and bonnets, oh, but it was yeah. still a bit of a mystery exactly whose bones were buried on his property and who took them there. This is not, you know what? I'm against this guy already because this
1: concept is bullshit. If it was any other restaurant, but the International House of Pancakes, I might be down. But you can't be going all colonial American heritage shit with an international house of pancakes. It's like the UN is conflict breakfast places. Yeah.
2: Yeah. George Washington in his farewell address warned America to not get involved in foreign breakfasts. It's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> it just he says here, uh Broccoli believed it, be, it to be self-evident that he was the one pursuing the vision of life, liberty, and happiness that George Washington's troops had fought and died for. The right to sell pancakes where they were buried. <laughs> I love the idea, though. It's like He's like, I am not anti-history. I am respecting history by building the grandest and colonial-themed IHOP on top of a Revolutionary War graveyard. And the waitstaff will be in tricorns and bonnets as well. They should be. They need to be selling hardtack and Johnny cakes at the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, oh my god, a a colonial era American would drop dead if they ate a like a Rudy 2 D <laughs> breakfast fruity bacon. Yeah, if bacon they had the snack, moons yeah. over
1: at Miami, it would blood would just shoot out of their fucking nose.
2: <laughs> I mean, like it or not, those soldiers did die so people could eat patty melts. It's true. with uh, You know, French toast for he's got uh, that correct for bread.
1: Right. That is their sacrifice, and, th- and we should accept that.
2: Yeah, no, they they died for the soda machine that, you know, spits out slightly murky Sprite.
0: <laughs> uh, dirty Sprite, but not the good kind. <laughs> um, by the time I met Broccoli, his battle with the friends had already lasted longer than the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I'm going to go after <laughs> them with the- a... <laughs> I'm going to go after them with a vengeance. Broccoli told me from his basement in Pelham Manor. He apologized for how long it was taking two hours and counting to talk through what he believed to be the many tentacles of the vast conspiracy against him, not to mention his entire family history. The genealogical tree he told me includes the broccolis of Calabria, who as Dominic tells the tale crossed cauliflower with Rob and named a vegetable after themselves. Not true. According to broccoli experts, and the broccolis that control the James Bond franchise. Despite never having met them, he has a copy of the New York Times obituary for one of the Bond broccolis on his office wall next to a photo of his graduation from the Culinary Institute of America. Look, I'm giving him these. I'm giving him both of those, okay? Oh, What are the
1: odds? How many broccolis have you ever met? Okay, it's all one thing. It's the the, the Bond family, the, the vegetable. It's all one thing, and he's clearly one of them. Leave him alone.
0: And do you trust broccoli experts to tell you how broccoli? Well, what the cares? fuck's no. a broccoli expert? Broccoli
1: expert? Get the fuck that sounds out! Sounds like here. a con artist. Some guy showed <laughs> up at a like MSNBC like uh, at the green room. He just like he dug a, a a tie out of a dumpster and says like Yeah, I'm a
0: broccoli expert. Get the fuck out of here." Broccoli could have been forgiven for missing any signs of trouble buried deep under the property he bought in Fishkill in the 1980s. 200 years earlier, in 1776, America's colonial government built a massive supply depot in Fishkill to provide Washington's troops with muskets, rations, boots, and whatever else they needed. It sat at a crucial crossroads five miles from the Hudson, just out of British naval range, but close enough for supplies to get to Fishkill Landing on the river where Metro North now offloads visitors to Dia Beacon, Continental soldiers in the northeast mustered there before deploying, on the depot supported major American victories throughout the war. But Fishkill wasn't top of mind for Washington, even when his generals warned of British attacks. Um, it goes on to say that there was also um, some sort of uh, cholera outbreak or smallpox outbreak, and a lot of the people were buried in a, a lot of the soldiers were buried in a mass grave, probably on on this guy's property. In 2007, uh, Broccoli hired Sandy to see if there was anything important under his ground. This wasn't an act of archaeological generosity. The New York State Historical Preservation Office had demanded that Broccoli look for the long-rumored cemetery before moving forward plans to build a strip mall. He had been t- <laughs> He'd been talking to actor Chaz Palminteri about opening a Bronx Tale-themed restaurant as part of the development. A Bronx Tale-themed <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Oh my God. It's like in the in the colonial theme IHOP next to the Chaz Palmenteri themed restaurant. I would eat at Chaz Palmenteri themed restaurant. I bet I mean, got some
1: good. Not, cl- not Broxtail. That's not that's not enough. Uh, robust Usual Suspects. IP. But yeah, exactly. If you do Chaz Palmenteri, you got Usual sus- Suspects. You got Running Scared.
2: He. W- oh my God. Yeah. He. I don't know. He wasn't as important to Running Scared as uh, Paul Walker was, or even the um, the amazing pedophile parents. Yeah, give it up uh, to
1: the pedophile parents.
2: Yeah, one of the most horrifying uh, bit roles of all time. But he was a very important part of that movie, Yeah, which some say most important movie of all time.
1: It's certainly uh, the best film of the 21st century. I think we can all agree. Absolutely.
0: Um, the day after Halloween, an, onum- an ominous sign, Sandy found something unusual. A few feet below the surface were several ghost- seven ghostly silhouettes lined up. Once you've seen a bunch of graves, you know, Sandy said... He and his team began gingerly digging into one of the rectangles with trowels and bamboo picks while Broccoli stood over them with his camera. I'm taking pictures of dirt, Broccoli said at one point. Imagine that. After seven hours and two feet of careful digging, Sandy hit bone. It was powdery and in bad shape. Old. The bones seemed to be part of a skull and there were other fragments where a dead man's chest and feet should be. Sandy had seen enough and decided to stop digging. He called in the county coroner who declared it wasn't a crime scene, then walked over to the Maya Cafe, a Mexican restaurant across the street to take a celebratory shot. I thought that's going to be a national park next week, he said. A few months later, another archaeologist conducted a radar study on Broccoli's property that identified hundreds of anomalies that appeared to be similar to the grave Sandy found. Um... So going on here, um, it says here, while Congress debated Schumer's bill, and this is a bill about like um, a Chuck Schumer, a bill about preserving sort of like, uh, like historical landmarks and Revolutionary War shit and stuff like that. While Congress debated Schumer's bill, Broccoli wasn't sure what to do with the property. There weren't many eager buyers for a cemetery, and now bones were showing up everywhere. Sandeep had found a dozen more elsewhere on the property. A rumor started swirling that workers installing a new septic tank at the Maya Cafe found another skull, which a local priest blessed before workers quietly put it back in the ground. When Broccoli decided to dig again, hoping another part of the property was soldier-free, his archaeologist turned up four more potential graves. Boy, I just... You know, when you buy a piece of property in anywhere in the original 13 colonies, you know, you got to... Gotta do some, shoot that radar into the ground and see how many fucking dead people are buried there before you start, you know, having an Amityville horror type situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's another amazing detail in here. I just, uh, where he says here, In 2013, Broccoli met with Lance Ashworth, the president of the newly formed Friends of the Fishkill Supply Depot. Broccoli offered to lease the Friends half an acre of land that included the grave Sandy had found while limiting his strip mall to the rest of the property. The Friends had bigger ideas. They wanted a whole plot. One proposal they were considering was the Fishkill Living Historic Park. It would have a proper cemetery, replica buildings from the depot, military reenactments, and a working archaeological site, plus a petting zoo and a zip line for anyone looking for fun rather than education. See, now, this is the part of it where I begin to suspect that these Fishkill Historical Supply Depot uh, Revolutionary War reenactors are just trying to get in on a better deal to develop the property than this IHOP asshole. They are like, because what 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 historic what, what historical battlefield does it, shouldn't have a zipline involved in it? Oh, <laughs> imagine if you could take a zip line like across like the Gettysburg battle, like across where General Lee marched into withering cannon fire. Just do a zip line across that shit and go, wee! and just think how think like, about thousands of bodies you're just sort of like gliding over. And they died for your right to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh jumping ahead a little bit, it says, um, After the Friends received a $24,600 grant from the National Park Service to conduct a survey of the archaeological work done on the site, one supporter suggested the best course of action would be to take that $24,000 to Vegas and try to turn it into whatever millions they need to buy the land because that Broccoli man is very mad at them. It was in 2015 that Broccoli, having abandoned the Bronx Tale restaurant idea, (laughs) why?! (laughs) That had legs. <laughs> and had wheels, and-
1: actually, because that movie is very bus focused. You could, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could have um, racist
2: bus driver buffalo wings.
0: <laughs> you could have like Lilo Brancato as sort of a meter, a meet and greeter. You know, he's not doing much these days. He could be Didn't like sort murders? of a host. Didn't he kill a cop? Yeah, he did, did. Stealing pills from a house in Staten Island or something. Yeah. Um, but it says, okay. Uh He abandoned the Bronx Tail restaurant idea and announced a new vision for his development. Continental Commons would still be a strip mall, but with a revolutionary patina. The buildings would have faux colonial designs, and the IHOP staff would serve breakfast all all day while wearing revolutionary attire. He wouldn't build anything where Sandy had found graves. Continental Commons, Brockley said, would be an exciting opportunity to weave together history, preservation, tourism, and commerce. He was pivoting to Patriot. By developing the property in this way, Broccoli declared, I am the true historian in Fishkill. <laughs> the media coverage put Broccoli on his heels. Ashworth provo- pr- proposed three huzzas for the Friends PR team. and also highlighted a narrative weakness for Broccoli, the pancakes. Broccoli had always been an enthusiastic member of the IHOP fraternity. He had, uns- had unsuccessful, listen to this. He had unsuccessfully pitched a special Italian menu centered on a dish he called Las omelet which combined eggs with pasta and meat sauce and the company mm. had initially been supportive of his colonial themed restaurant. That carbonara? Yeah. But like it's like an omelet with spaghetti and meat sauce in it. That does not sound No, no. Yeah, no, no thanks. Uh, but the IHOP Corporation, the controversy was giving the corporate office indigestion under pressure from the State Historic Preservation Office Brockley Broccoli agreed to move the strip mall's parking lot further away from the graves. Ashworth warned the students not to visit the property because Broccoli would likely have them arrested. But while Ashworth was on vacation, Crosby encouraged the students to go anyway. When they arrived, Broccoli was having lunch at the Maya Cafe and walked over. We were only there for five minutes when Dominic came up. Alan Keene, one of the students, told me. I thought we were in trouble. Instead, Broccoli invited them to join him for sangria on him. He already had his laptop open to make a surprisingly robust presentation, arguing that the friend's claims about his property were overblown. It was kind of weird, Keane told me. Why does he have all this ready? Crosby emailed Ashworth about the encounter. This is terrible news, Ashworth replied. How did Broccoli even know the students would be there? He somehow got wind of the protest the friends were planning and derailed it. Something was up. Keep this to yourselves, Ashworth emailed the group, for spies are at play once again in Fishkill. It's like the the Culper ring up there. (laughs) (laughs) Meet my spy, Broccoli told me with with a smile. He introduced me to Crosby at Broccoli's Fishkill home. In his career as a private investigator, Crosby, whose real name is Ian Bondi, had worked plenty of strange jobs, trailing people to the airport to make sure they got on a plane, sitting in a guy's backyard to make sure aliens weren't visiting him at night, but his time infiltrating friends of the Fishkill Supply Depot had been among the weirdest episodes of his career. I thought this might be a one or two day job, Bondi told me. I had no clue it was going to be years of my life. For several years, his entire family called him Alec. I had girlfriends that didn't know my name, Bondi. (laughs) This guy's like sheep dip into a decade long operation against the Fishkill Supply Depot Historical Preservation Society just so this bronx tail asshole can build a fucking strip mall <laughs> in upstate new york it's like it. i just i like okay like the, the article begins like this guy plays golf every day has a tan has like a, like a the money factory of ihop restaurants in the bronx printing pancakes and money he's got a home upstate he's got a mansion in Pelham. Why the fuck like why you just, just stop? Like just well, the put, things like, you like, describe,
1: why keep doing this? The things you describe, yes, it's everything you ever wanted, which is the same as saying fucking boring. Yeah. There's no more worlds to conquer. There is no more challenges. There are no more fights. There's no more meaning being made. And now he gets a new horizon. He's so happy to have this. I guarantee you. This is the happiest he's been in his life. Well, yeah, being you're able right. to go to sort of war like, with the civil with the revolutionary war reenactors.
0: You get he to like is reen- essentially you get to reenact your own now. war against the war reenactors.
1: Yeah, he's a basically a veteran now, but he's a
0: redcoat. Yes. I guess I'm inclined to be on the side of history, but like I I the, the idea that a man who had a the idea that you could be as wealthy as this guy is and have had an idea to have a bronx tail themed restaurant <laughs> is just like I I don't know if that makes me love or hate America, but baby, ain't that America? It's certainly that. Nowhere else. Uh, we love it. Broccoli had decided to hire a spy, several of them, actually, including Bondi's mother, as his distrust of friends reached a fever pitch. He tried sending an acquaintance to do the job, but he wasn't very good at it. <laughs> Just sending his friend to be a spy. <laughs> hey, wh- wh- which he, where where, where you know, where's the Revolutionary War meeting? Which he uses the is the is the history people. Um, it's like <laughs> it's like you know like when undercover cops only wear like Yankees gear. Yeah, uh, this is what I'm sort of thinking about with these guys <laughs> going to the, the going to the Friends of Fishkill meeting. It was a thrill to play spy games with an F. <laughs> Wait, it says here. Um, he said uh, so. Broccoli reached out to a private security firm that employed Bondi to get some professional help. Here, Brockley saw another good sign. This was from one of his espionage-adjacent relatives. Bondi's middle name was James. While it was a thrill to play spy games with an FBI agent, Bondi said that getting in with the friends wasn't especially difficult. The group was so desperate for volunteers that it was happy to have fresh blood. Bondi tried to be helpful to stay in the friends' good graces, but he also found subtle ways to undermine their efforts. He had taken the community college students to visit the property and told Broccoli they would be there. The only time Bondi got nervous about his cover getting blown was when Ashworth brought an FBI colleague to a friend's meeting. Afterward, Bondi used his shirt sleeves to wipe his fingerprints off the table. (laughs) This is excellent tradecraft going on here for like the stupidest thing imaginable. Uh, When the friends learned the truth about Bondi, they were shocked. A Benedict Arnold in their midst. Bondi had become such a core part of the Friends that no one suspected him. I wouldn't have never ever suspected that to have needed the same sort of vetting and validation for a group of volunteers as I would for, let's say, my profession, Ashworth told me. You feel gross inside. You feel embarrassed. You're always left wondering what was said that could be twisted. God, this is like... Remember there was a case a while ago about like the British Metro Police like putting undercover agents to like environmental groups for like decades and they fathered children with several of the women involved in this group? Yeah, same deal. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there could be, like, sort of a like a charming, like, movie or, or TV show here about some sort of, like, private eye who gets uh, employed to rat fuck some historical preservation society. But then in the course of volunteering for them, he starts to fall in love with this quaint small town and its connection to history. Just spitballing. When the friends... Okay, uh, the reveal also made clear just how far Broccoli was willing to go. He had spent thousands funding Bondi's clandestine operation and believed it was worth every penny, especially considering a piece of intelligence Bondi obtained that to Broccoli showed just how far the friends would go. During a town board meeting, Bondi had secretly recorded a conversation between Steyer and Marty Beister, another member of the friends, in which Beister asked Steyer, were you there when we buried when we buried the bones by the foundation? Ooh, sounds like, sounds like it was worth it to hire this private eye. Um, Bondi didn't know what to make of the comment but to Broccoli it seemed to support an outlandish theory he had been developing could some of the supposed graves on his property be fake the years since Sandy's initial discovery had produced some doubt about what exactly was in the ground in Fishkill Sandy still had no definitive proof that the original grave he dug into belonged to a soldier and the six bones he found later turned out to be from a deer (laughs) In 2021, Broccoli asked his cousin, an attorney, about the possibility of bringing a Rico case against the Friends. A judge is going to go, <laughs> So you're suing all these old people, his cousin said. Broccoli did it anyway, filing a suit that characterized Ashworth's strangle and bleed comment as sounding like a La Cosa Nosa Caporogime. I <laughs> love this <laughs> guy who has only seen Chaz Palmentary movies to any event that encounters. This is kind of reminding me of a Chaz Palmentary film. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm only giving you, like, a tenth of this, of this piece, but I'm just going to skip you here to the end here. What? Um, <laughs> what the fuck else is in there? <laughs> so much. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead to the end. It says here, um, but for Broccoli, the Continental Commons had started to feel beside the point. This isn't about money anymore, he told me. This is about exposing what's going on. This is about corruption. More than anything else, Broccoli seemed to be getting a thrill from the fact that his life had taken him from the Culinary Institute of America to a standoff with a federal agent. He might be from the FBI, but I'm a graduate of the CIA, he told me on multiple (laughs) occasions. The friends didn't seem to have much fight left in them. A clash for American history ending with a whimper rather than a bang. They didn't have the money to buy the property, and some members could admit their effort had always been a bit of a pipe dream. Were Americans really more likely to visit a cemetery connected to a Revolutionary War supply depot than stop for breakfast? Ashworth resigned as president last year after the FBI transferred him to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. (laughs) Jesus. Sandy was trying to hold on to the grim piece of advice from a friend who had worked for nearly four decades to protect the historical site in New Jersey. Wait until your opponents grow old and die. But the actuarial tables weren't working in anyone's favor. Sandy and Broccoli both turned 67 this year. As for Keith Riley, who took over from Ashworth and led the Memorial Day protest, even he had to admit that there are different American dreams. His wife supported the preservationist cause, but she told him recently that if Broccoli were able to say, bring a Costco to town, she could probably forget about whatever was under the ground. So... Just a little bit of a just like a, a, the American past and American present just coming into play and a, a, a wonderful wonderful story full of, full of life and just sort of like the, the past still lives with us at our pancake I, restaurants at
1: our zip I, lines. I would say uh, I, I'm with the, the broccoli man unless they're going to dig up the colonial bones and like stage them, you know, in sort of like a tableau vivo deal, like a, like a haunted house thing. Cause like who cares if there's there's bodies everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah, people have been around for a while.
0: Yeah, like you be burying them. Big deal. Yeah, I know. Like, You know, it could be, it could be a site you want to build an IHOP on. It could be the backyard of a Catholic orphanage. But yeah, like there are skeletons everywhere. All right, boys. Uh, let's let's wrap it up there. Put put a cork mm. in it for today's show. Um, do we have any uh, business to attend? I'll just remind you once again about our upcoming shows in Canada in Toronto and Montreal on August 17th and 19th tickets still not? available at chopotraphouse.com slash live uh, to all our Canadian friends thank you for sending in some uh, t- some tips and hints on uh, grotesque and obnoxious Canadian media figures I will be pouring through that in the weeks to come but yeah just chopotraphouse.com slash live tickets available we'd love to see you guys up in Canada okay till next time gang bye Hi.